Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen, powered by ELEC825. We are thrilled to join you on 610 ESPN, ready to help you move into the weekend, talking about all the news in the world of sports. Jeff, sports are coming back. The Sixers are playing a scrimmage right now. We are streaming, apparently, on Facebook Live, as well as we do this on Zoom, and your background is Citizens Bank Park. Uh, I know that this is an exciting time in the life of Jeffrey Cohen. Uh, tell me how you feel today. Wait, you don't believe that I'm actually there? I don't believe you're actually there. Oh, okay, well, then you would be right. Yeah. This I, is I, exciting. It's opening day. It is. I mean, it, it's a little weird to have opening day in July, but it's opening day nonetheless. Phillies are undefeated. They're in first place. So far. So hope spring's eternal, right? It just does so in summer instead of spring. We're going to have Greg Luzinski join us in a few minutes to talk about it uh, at 4.05. At 4.35, we're going to have Mike Ventola and Pat McCarthy join us. Talk a little bit about the taxi squad and also first pitches being thrown out probably as well. Did you watch the opening games last night before the rainstorm? Before the rainstorms? Yeah. I wa- well, I watched one of them. I didn't stay up to watch the Dodgers. That's not the most 2020 thing ever that we get a baseball game back and it gets rained out. And the, well, the good news is rain delays can last forever now because you don't have to worry about the fans, right? This is right. They, so well, the rain delay can last for 12 hours. Nobody cares because uh, they're just waiting there having fun. So it's sort of opening day right now. Uh, hope springs eternal for teams around the league. Uh, the Toronto Blue Jays have finally. Well, to hope. be fair, hope springs eternal for everybody except the San Francisco Giants because they stink. Kapler took out their pitcher early last night, Jeff. Here's your surprise. <laughs> <laughs> the Toronto Blue Jays have a home. Wait, Mike, here's my question. What? He took out a pitcher early. Did he warm somebody else up before he took him out? Or did he pull? Or did he pull a Hobie Milner? I wasn't paying that close attention. Oh, okay. I just I just saw that it happened. Um, after being told they cannot play in Toronto, they cannot play in Pittsburgh. The Toronto Blue Jays are going to play in Buffalo. Jeff, your thoughts? That was where they belonged in the first place. That's their AAA affiliate. Buffalo and Toronto are like sister cities. They're close close by each other. I guess they just can't cross the border to go to Canada because they're not allowed over there. I guess they just wanted to be in a major league stadium, you know, to have those facilities. I was trying. They kept talking about the lights, but I mean, you and I have spent a lot of time at Coca-Cola Park. The lights there are great. Are you telling me that at Buffalo, the lights aren't good enough to be playing a major league baseball game? And what is, what was the alternative running around trying, they were like a bunch of gypsies looking around for looking for a park five days before opening day. They were going to be nomads. Maybe it really was kind of absurd. Maybe some things on the road, um, you know, who, who knows how it'll shake out. Can I, can I give a little complaint uh, for you about opening day? You can. You can give two if you want. I really want these leagues to get a younger fan base. I think it's great that soccer has an early game. I think basketball is going to play through the day. There mm-hmm. were no games at noon, none at 1230, none at 1. There's one game on before 610 today. Yeah, the, 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 Mets, the Mets are on in the, against the Braves. It's a missed opportunity to get a next generation of fans. You, are you surprised? No, not at all. The MLB never misses an opportunity to, to shoot themselves in the foot. They I'm missed sure. the opportunity by dragging this out as long as they did before they started the season when they would have had the only thing in town. And now they did the same thing where they could have had yesterday afternoon. It's summer. Kids aren't in school. There's really not that much to do in a lot of places. There could have been a lot of eyes glued to television, especially when you had the marquee matchups that they had. Yeah. There was, you know, it used to be because it's primetime. Primetime's kind of changed with everything that we're all going through. Primetime's anytime right now. 
Anytime that you can find something good to watch on TV, like sports, is now. It doesn't have to be at 7 or 8 o'clock. I would have loved to watch a game during the day today. I was waiting. You and I have been checking for the, the scores from the scrimmage for the Sixers going on right now. Which is sad for both of us. Oh, well, you know, we, we know what we are at this point. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really surprising. You know, we, we kind of know each other now. We're uh, so desperate for sports that we're just like begging them to put anything on television. Anything. Well, and what they did put on television at City Field had my attention the other night because um, we saw the uh, – the bringing on of fan cutouts yeah. uh, decided to put their dog in their seat. Um, yeah. I found that interesting in another stadium, I believe in Chicago. Uh, Do you think the dog, dog recognized itself? Uh, maybe. All maybe. right. Although, if not made a friend on TV. All right. You want to talk uh, about the narcissist now? He bought a thousand cutouts of himself to put. <laughs> How arrogant do you have to be to do that? Uh, I, I, you couldn't buy those if you have that money and give it to people who can't afford to get that, give them a good experience, give it to kids and a local youth group or something just might've been, you know, I get it, whatever, but a thousand, is there any chance it was a marketing thing? Like, like, does this guy have some business that he's promoting or is it just his ego? Well, speaking of marketing, uh, MLB is adding on field advertising, Jeff, uh, you'll be able to include the back of the pitcher's mound behind home plate. Mm -hmm. Harps in the stands in the grass and foul territory. Well, didn't you notice yesterday they had they had they had it on the tarp for the game yesterday? That's well, How about for the Yankees, the Delta Club there with nobody sitting in the seats? Every seat back says Delta. I think it was like two billion dollars. Shouldn't it, shouldn't it be except for the middle seats? It should be. I, the middle seat should be empty. Need to social distance those. You, you, you should be able to put cardboard cutouts in in either side, but the middle seat needs to stay empty. Well, I want to go back to a, a happier time right now when I could get barbecue sandwiches at the ballpark and, and oh, stories. Don't do that to baseball. me. Uh, real excited to bring on Philly's great Greg Luzinski. Uh, Greg, how you doing today, man? Very good. Thank you, you so much. Like everybody else. <laughs> Well, it's it's opening day, so at least we can be excited about that, right? Yeah, it starts at what? Uh, this game, I think, is from the East Coast. It starts around 1 our time, so uh, we can see a lot of baseball today. So, Greg, before we talk about opening day, we when we have a baseball player on, we always like to ask the first question is, tell us about your first experience in the minors. For you... From what we can tell, yours started in Huron, South Dakota. Well, obviously, uh, that was way back in uh, 1968. Uh, yeah, I had a unique experience. Uh, it, uh, I think about uh, when I first got there and uh, reported to the ballpark. Our uh, manager at that particular time was Dallas Green, who uh, I ended up playing for later in my career, but... Uh, he was a, a little bit different, you know. He was, you know, six something as far as height goes. He was a big man, and he had that real deep voice. And so, from day one, uh, I can remember working out and running in the outfield and doing uh, whatever calisthenics because our, we had a short spring training there in the year out before the season started. So that was uh, totally unique, but. Uh, uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I think it was uh, first time away from home, obviously, for uh, for me uh, in an extended period of time like that. So that's a little bit of difference. 
but uh, we were able to, uh, I, you know, I had some good roommates with me. Uh, Mickey Bowers uh, was from uh, Quantico. Uh, we had been on some uh, football recruiting trips together to different schools, so uh, uh, we knew each other pretty good and uh, still are good friends. So uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, obviously, uh, it was kind of unique, the fact that, uh, you know, I played for Dallas there and uh and then also uh, played for him in the big leagues. What's it like to be on bus rides with Dallas Green? <laughs> well, we had a few uh, long ones. Uh, you know, you, you, you learn one thing uh, in the minor leagues. You, you learn how to sleep fast, you know, uh, but that type of thing. But, uh, you know, he was fine uh, about things like that. He knew he had a dis- he disciplined, uh, had, had some discipline, and uh, he had young players. So uh, he wanted to get us on the right track. He wanted to teach us uh, the fundamentals, uh, basically playing baseball and how the Phillies, uh, you know, how the Phillies operated. So, uh, you know, I, I don't have I didn't have any problem with Dallas uh, whatsoever. Uh, I enjoyed playing for him. Uh, you know, he'd get excited, obviously. He must have gone through uh, a dozen hats, obviously, in, in a short period of time. But uh, that hat was probably on the ground more than it was uh, on his head. Uh, he, he, he wasn't real good with umpires. You were a first-round pick for the Phillies in 1968, and it did not take you long. You made your major league debut September 9, 1970. You were 19 years old, pinch hitting against the Mets. What was that experience like? I know it was always your goal to do it early, but did you really expect that? Well, uh, yeah, I kind of expected to to move pretty quick uh, through the minor league system. Obviously, I I knew what was ahead of me, and if I could uh, produce it all, I'd have a chance. Uh, to make it a ball club, but uh, yeah, I remember facing Ray Sadecki, a left-hander, New York Mets, and uh, it was a, a game. I think he struck out like 14 or 15 guys, uh, and I might have been number 14, I think, or 13, somewhere along that line. But uh, uh, I remember him throwing me uh, sliders at my back, at my back fit, foot down and in. And uh, swung over the top of them, but uh, yeah, it was my first at bat. Quite nervous, I was, uh, obviously 19 years old. So uh, I moved relatively quick through the system, and uh, you know, I, I, I obviously it was a good organization for me to sign with and be drafted by. That experience, the first time that you come up to the plate in the majors, and then every year successive when you're when you're going through opening day. What is the feeling that you get with with those kind of experiences, and what 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 is what you remember most about them? Well, uh, obviously the emotion is to get it started. You know, uh, obviously it, when the season ends, it's really funny. You know, you're kind of looking forward to you know charging up the body again for a new season, but all of a sudden you know you take a week or two off and you're ready to go again and. Uh, Spring training can uh, be long. Uh, obviously, it's uh, to get pitchers ready. Yeah, your hitters are usually get ready a whole lot faster than uh, uh, you know uh, pitchers. But uh, then it comes opening day, uh, something that you're anxious for. Obviously, it's probably the, the one day out of the year you're unless you make the playoffs and play in the World Series at the clubhouse very early. Uh, you know, there's obviously uh, some tension in there until you take the field and uh, do something you love. 
You know, we, we like to talk to people a lot. Obviously, you had so much success on different Phillies teams, rode the roller coaster from the start to getting to the World Series. But at the same time, you received the Roberto Clemente Award in 1978 for your involvement in the community and your sportsmanship. And we like to talk on the show about the platform that athletes have and their ability to really get involved in the community. Can you talk about what that meant to you? Well, you know, it meant a lot. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, the Kurt Flood, the contract was uh, in free agency had just come about, and I know when I uh, negotiated uh, my contract with the Phillies, uh, part of my negotiation with with myself and my agent and the Phillies was the fact that the, we wanted to do something a little bit different uh, with 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 uh, the ballpark and with uh, the fans of Philadelphia, and you know we we came up with the idea of uh, buying tickets. Uh, and uh, putting a hundred and some kids in left field and call it the boring. So uh, I know in Philadelphia, it was probably for baseball was, was one of the first, uh, first times that uh, I think uh, a player got uh, really, really involved with the city and the youth organizations uh, of the city. So uh, obviously it was a great feeling to see him up there. There was a sign up there and uh, they yelled down at me because it was in uh, left field and uh, it was a lot of fun. And now I have the barbecue, obviously, in uh, left field. And uh, it's surprising uh, that the number of people came that come by there and say that uh, the first game they ever attended was uh, through tickets from the Bullring. So, uh, you know, it's pretty gratifying. And then, obviously, uh, to be the eighth one in the history of the Roberto Clemente Award was uh, was a great feeling. Greg, every opening day for the last close to 15 years, it's been for me and my son going to the ballpark, going through the gate, and going and getting the turkey sandwich at Bulls Barbecue. <laughs> what is it like for you to know that that your name and that barbecue have become synonymous with Citizens Bank Park in, in a Phillies game? Well, you know, I always felt that I was a big part of the Phillies organization, even though I was with Chicago for four years. But, uh, you know, when we they started the ballpark, uh, the new ballpark, you know, one of the things was fan-friendly. And uh, I, in my career with the Phillies, I got along with the fans really well. So uh, they came to me and asked me if, uh, you know, I'd like to participate in, in barbecue because uh, they knew that, uh, you know, I, I, I love barbecue in Florida now. So uh, when I was in New Jersey, I used to barbecue all winter. So, you know, it got around a little bit. And uh, so they knew I could be uh uh, you know, fan friendly, you might say, and uh, that I was well respected, you know, through the bull ring, through what I did on the field. So, uh, you know, it really worked out. And so being there 16 years, obviously, uh, it has been a lot of fun. I, you know, I get to talk to the fans, I get to talk to the youngsters, sign autographs and, and things of that nature. But uh, for me, it's just the idea that uh, I'm, I'm, I'm part of the Phillies. I'm in the ballpark. And the Phillies have always been a great organization and very good to me. You talk about the connection to the fans, and obviously there was nothing more connected than your win in 1980 and parade and everything. Can you talk about what it was like to bring a title to this city and what it's been like to be able to live that afterwards with these fans who seem to appreciate everything that winners do in this city? 
Well, you know, as a baseball player, there's one thing you play for. You play for championships and to be a world champ. And uh, obviously, uh, we had three tries at it early and uh, didn't come through in the playoffs. Uh, one with Cincinnati, a couple of the Dodgers, and finally the fourth time against uh, Houston with the series games going extra innings and a lot of excitement. Probably one of the the, the, the better uh, series of. You know, finally we made it to the World Series, and it was uh, quite a relief, uh, to be honest with you. But to be able to say that uh, you were on the first team, or first Phillies team to win a World Series, is obviously uh, really, really, really a proud moment. But uh, you know, I think obviously it meant a lot to the fans because when you go in a parade and there's people on both sides of the streets, you know, just just excited, excited for you, waving, taking pictures. And then to leave Broad Street and go into JFK Stadium, which uh, there's probably some that don't remember JFK Stadium because it's no longer there. And, and, and that thing be totally fill, fill, full of Philly fans and uh, just baseball fans, you know, that, that's, a, that's a great feeling. And it, it's something that you always cherish and remember the, uh, the rest of your life. We are less than three hours away from first pitch with the Phillies. What are you looking forward to this year with this Phillies team? Well, I, I think uh, the question for the Phillies team is going to be pitching, how, how far the pitching is going to carry us. I, I think when you look at their lineup, well, they've got a pretty strong lineup, and ho- hopefully uh, in the 60-game run, everybody uh, stays healthy. But, uh, you know, if you, if you look at uh, last year's club, you look at the first 60 games, uh, they got off to a great start. And then obviously uh, from there couldn't hold it, but uh, they were in first place for a long time there in in, in the National League East. So, you know they're going to have a tough schedule. They're going to play some teams that uh, you know they only play so often. You know in Boston, New York, and uh, you know they, they, they it's going to be a, a tough run for them. But uh, I think that they can handle it. I think if anything. Their start, their starters have uh, obviously improved, and, and Phillies improved them. And uh, if there's any question for the pitching, it'll be uh, what can the bullpen do, and how can they help them? My big concern is, in addition to the Phillies as a ball a ball team, is where can I get Bulls barbecue if they're not going to open the gates? Can we get takeout? Can we drive up to Citizens Bank Park and get it? No offense, I think that's you know, the reason Jeff asked you to come on the show was so he could figure out. How yeah, to get- I know. <laughs> you know, I, I wish I could uh, be out in the parking lot somewhere with a truck, you know, uh, and be able to sell it out there. But obviously, uh, because of the COVID nineteen, I'm not going to be able to do that. Hey, look, I, I miss it as much as anybody. Trust me, I'm going to sit here. I'm going to sit at home and watch it on TV like everybody else. Uh, there's only a few people, obviously, that'll be at the ballpark. You know, that most of those people are are, are with the ball club. Uh, I know Crucky uh, texted me to, this morning and uh, said he was in town and ready to go. Uh, we live uh, by each other in Florida, so we, we communicate a little bit. But uh, he... Uh, he said he's ready to go, and it uh, looks like this is going to be an exciting season. So between, uh, I think, the Phillies on the field and uh, John Crock as a color man for the Phillies, uh, there will be a lot of excitement. Well, we truly appreciate the time you gave us. We can't wait for people to be back in the ballpark getting their Bulls barbecue and uh, stay safe and healthy, and uh, let's uh, see some good Phillies baseball. 
Yeah, you got it, guys. Uh, you know, let's go Phillies. Uh, we need some wins here early and, uh, to show people that we do belong. So uh, good luck to the Phillies, and good luck to you guys, and stay healthy. You take care. Have a good one. Jeff, I yep. I, 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 I know that the that you were desperately trying to get a turkey sandwich. <laughs> I, I desperately – I'm telling you, it's it's part of the the whole thing. I mean – the I mean, thing I care about, about baseball, baseball is, is, is everything, right? I mean, you got to agree that unlike any other sport, baseball is about not just the game, but when you go to it, it's the sights, it's the sounds, it's the smell. That's why this is all so awkward to watch on TV. I mean, baseball is one of those sports that is better in person, and it's better when you're there getting the peanuts and having the smells and hearing the vendors and hearing the crack of the bat. And all of that's gone. It's just there's this hollow game, and it's still better than nothing. Don't get me wrong. On Fox's podcast. Well, you, if if they find a way to like give us like little smell machines that we can like attach to our TVs, and they can pump out like the smell of hot dogs and and stuff like that, that would be great too. On Fox's broadcast, they're going to have virtual <laughs> with the ability to decide how many people are in attendance at a game, and according to the weather, they will dress appropriately and show emotion depending on what happens. I cannot wait. Hold on before you speak. I see you ready to jump. Yeah. I can't wait for Saturday night when you turn on the TV and see this and start yeah. texting me about it. <laughs> I may like prepare my wife that this is coming, that the game's going to go on, and we may set a timer to see how long it takes. <laughs> Well, now that I now that I know that, I'm just going to have to take self control into an equation, and I'm just not going to text you out of spite. I don't believe that's possible. You I don't really think so. That's, no, that's why I'm telling you. I, I believe that there will be some type of critique of what is going on because you've been so much on me about the fan noise with the sock yeah. that you will absolutely have a take going on. But I was okay with the fan noise in soccer. I've actually been okay with the fan noise last night that they had at the baseball game. I just think it's different. Who are you and what did you do with my co-host? <laughs> there is I, no I, Aliens have, uh, the, you know, the invasion of the body snatchers, I guess. We have literally spent four years you arguing yeah. about any advancement in technology. I know. Get off my lawn. I know and, all about it. Right now, like, on the leading edge of embracing technology and expansion. I, I'm, I'm amazed. Speaking of expansion. Here, wait, wait. Here, no, no. Before you get there, here, here's my big question yes how bad are the marketing people at the marlins that they didn't think of this first because for years they could have duped us how many how many players have said like it's going to be fine playing in front of no plans i've I've fans i for the marlins Marlins, oh yeah we've heard i think logan morgan morrison was the last one to say that yeah yeah i mean they they've all kind of lest lest we ever forget that Roy Halladay pitched a perfect game in an almost empty stadium and the Marlins sold tickets to the game after yeah. it was over. Yes. That's how bad an organization the Marlins are. Kind of a microcosm of Major League Baseball. <laughs> so, you know, if you kind of go into it. What sport sells tickets after the game is over? The Where same. their team lost it's by an epic way. I mean, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Playoffs like 30 seconds before first pitch of the season. So now we've got a 16-team playoff, Jeff. Yeah. Uh, top three seeds in each league will go as division winners. Next three seeds, four through six, will I go. Can't, I can't wait to the first number one seed that goes out. 
because people are just heads are going to explode that they've expanded this. And then in a fluke, best out of three series, the Dodgers or the Yankees or somebody goes out early to, to the eighth seed or the seventh seed. How are you feeling about the Phillies before uh, we throw the first pitch tonight? Zach Wheeler's uh, wife, congratulations to them. They had a baby earlier this week, so he will be in the rotation for the start tomorrow. Aaron Nola. Uh, you know why I'm saying yes, right? Because he's in your fantasy baseball. Yeah. Do you, do you <laughs> see what you've done to me? Do you see how you have spoiled my life? Anytime you have emotional an emotional response to it. I am corrupted now because of you. I know that it is because you have them on your fantasy team. <laughs> uh, but I've ruined you. That's okay. Uh, how do you feel about uh, the team going into tonight and what we're going to see with this sprint going forward? I have the same concerns that, that Bull had, is the pitching staff. is You have Aaron Nola, who can be great, but has been inconsistent in times. Uh, I think Zach Wheeler is going to turn out to be the ace as long as he's there. We don't know what we're getting out of Jake Arrieta, right? To this point, we just don't know. Are we getting old Jake Arrieta, somewhat old Jake Arrieta, or old Jake Arrieta? Oh, I mean, Vince. Go, Vince. Well, no, but that's – okay, that's five. But, but you're forgetting. Then you have Zach Eflin, Zach Eflin. Who, who he may do well if he's healthy, but we never know if he's going to be healthy. And then the question Denver, is who though, fills in for him. Howard comes up. Like he's just down for service time, right? He's going to be the fifth starter, it seems. For the well, way apparently played. they just have to get through the first six games. Yeah. But you, you're like, assuming that Spencer Howard just slots in. Where does he slot in? Does he slot in at four? Does he slot in at five? And then where does Pavetta fit into this? We still don't know if Pavetta is the emergency starter. Is he a long reliever? Or are they going to put him in as a closer or close to that? I think it depends on the first starts that we see. You know. I mean, the good news is I trust the, the, the brain of Joe Girardi more than I trusted the gut of Gabe Kapler. So that's the thing that I feel better about with this team. I feel better about the coaching staff, Brian Price being there to work with the pitchers, the, the hitting coaches. The, I feel like there is professional managers around these players. And so do you I, have the lineup? Do you have, have the Phillies announced their lineup? Do you have the lineup over there? You, you have it, right? I hate to put Vito on the air like that. Jeff will just keep talking oh, okay. until he comes up with the lineup. I know McCutcheon's leading off. Reese right. Hoskins is playing first, batting second. Uh, Bryce- so by the way, before we get to the lineup, how about Andrew McCutcheon yesterday? Yeah, t- tell everybody what happened. I just thought that was impressive that even though Andrew McCutcheon wasn't playing yesterday, he was involved in the pregame activities when it came to uh, kneeling before the national anthem. Um, and it's not whether what he did. It's the fact that he, the way that he's involved. I mean, the thing that I liked about when they signed Andrew McCutcheon was last year, you weren't, you weren't going to get the old Andrew McCutcheon who was an all-star with the Pirates. Those days are over. At the beginning of the season, he was still a very good ball player, and you saw how good he was because when he got hurt, the Phillies took a nosedive. But what I like most about him is his leadership on and off the diamond. He, he just is the kind of guy that you want representing your organization, representing society. He just seems like a good citizen. And that's the kind of guy you can feel good about when he comes up to the plate. The team clearly missed him when he went down with his injury. I think the addition of Didi Gregorius is going to be helpful, too, for a team that without any fans in the stands, these teams are going to need to create their own emotion. 
you need personalities and people who are going to be able to keep this going. And I think players like Create that. Create your own emotion. I thought that that was actually going to happen by the uh, tech guys. Well, only for you, Jeff. Aren't, aren't they going to beam that in emotion too? Only for you. We'll go back to baseball. <laughs> oh, well, let's go through the, the rest of the Phillies lineup. So at, at four, right. um, I believe is Real Muto. Mm-hmm. Five is Gregorius. I have to pull it up. Um, your thoughts, though, I know Kingery's batting eighth. I wish I had it. Think in. about how good the lineup is if Kingery's batting eighth. Well, that's one. That's my right. It, it seems like they've really put people in in positions in the lineup where they can really succeed and know their roles, which has been a problem in the past. People not knowing what their actual role is. How about who's the biggest surprise that did not make this roster? Um, Nick I Williams. Think, I think it was Harrison getting the asking for his release. It just seemed like he was. I, I, Nick Williams never seemed like a safe thing to me. I, I they they've had every opportunity to be sold on him and they haven't. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know why they would be now by the lineup is. So is anybody left from that Cole Hamels trade? Uh, I don't think so. That did not work out well. It okay. seemed like, Oh, Vel- no, Velasquez came from Houston. Velasquez came from Houston. That was so from, I don't think there's anybody left from that Texas. Velasquez trade. from the Lidge trade. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. So the lineup is McCutcheon leading off Hoskins, Harper, JT Romudo, DD Gregorius, Gene Segura is batting sixth in this lineup now. Mm-hmm. Jay Bonus at seven, Kingery at eight, and Quinn turning on the over the lineup at nine with the DH now. That's not a bad lineup to put out there. It's I the no, I just I just I like Quinn at the top of the lineup. I don't know if he's going to be able to hit for average, but I'd like to see him at the top of the lineup because he's got so much speed. You know, you only there are very few teams that can win with speed at the top of the lineup. Over the course of years, there weren't that many like Vince Coleman's when he came up and he got on. It was just like, wow. And and it started off the game with electricity. And Roman Quinn's got that. Whether he can stay healthy is a whole different story. But when he is healthy, he is one of the most exciting players to watch when he gets on base. By the way, it is funny that we're doing this stream on Facebook Live as well, because there are definitely people that are watching that are messaging us. Uh, I got a message about the lineup from somebody um, our former board op, Ryan Lettix, wants to know if I'm in a high chair uh, for the picture. And I'm going to say that on the air because I've got plenty to you say. You know, it, it, he's got some nerve. But you know what, Ryan? Just hang in there for a few minutes. Don't worry. We'll have plenty to say. We will get to Dr. Fauci's Ryan Lennox impression of a first pitch when Ventola and McCarthy join us shortly. Uh, Jeff. Yes. All right. So the NBA is going to have timeout chairs. Before and- I- when you mentioned that to me, the funny thing is, is that when you mentioned it to me, I didn't even as much as I think sports first, I didn't think sports when you said it because you have two young kids. When you said timeout chair, I'm like, oh, I didn't know your kids were in trouble yet. I didn't know that either. I thought I go, I go timeout chair. What is the Sixers are in trouble. So the NBA is installing timeout chairs to be used yeah. in games that will be mobile and allowed for huddling on court. Uh, players will not be allowed to sit on the bench during timeouts, and these mobile chairs will be cleaned after each timeout by team staff. Clearly a smart idea, you know, germs, everything like that. But the names of these things, summer camp, timeout chairs, I swear I feel like they're running things for my three-year-old. They're in in a bubble. They've all tested negative, and they're going to be sitting on chairs. Where's the virus going to come from? Well, At some point you can sit. 
you'll keep your social distance. Yes, you can social distance, but I don't think you need to have separate timeout chairs. That is pretty impressive, though, with the NBA, with the bubble, that uh, two of their initial 322 tests came back positive on July 13th. Mm -hmm. Since July 13th, 346 players tested zero positives. Oh, and, and forget the actual games. The best thing that has come out of the bubble so far is Matisse Thibel. If well, you have if you watch. have not been watching his YouTube where he has been diarying diarying the stuff that's going on, he's a star. I mean, he, it, they are fun. He's not morning America this week. Yeah, it, he is having a lot of fun in the bubble. Which the younger guys who the guys who don't have kids and spouses are the ones that are able to have a little more fun with this kind of stuff. So it's kind of like an extended college experience. So Matisse is having, it looks like he, at least, he's having a blast. And at least from the perspective he's showing us, I'm seeing camaraderie from the Sixers. So from a, from a team standpoint, at least what I've seen of what he's, what he's you know, cataloging, I'm happy with what I'm seeing. I'm happy with the communications between him and people like Tobias and even Joel. It just seems like they seem to be bonding which is something that I wanted to see of this team, especially after what Tobias had said early in the bubble experience. If you're Ben Simmons, three point update, apparently three pointer from the corner early hit it or shot it. No, they started two for seven from the game. They couldn't hit the broad side of a bar. No, did Ben, Ben shot one. He shot one. Did he make it? Oh, who's going to guard him if he shoots one a game and he misses it. I just enjoy getting your reaction every time. I I mean, really, it's it's a it's a failed experiment for now, and accept the fact that he's playing power forward, and don't make him shoot a, a three pointer. There's no point in it now. I am you really can't glad. make him. I was glad to see Shake on the floor to to start the game. The the starting lineup had Tobias, Ben, Joel, Josh Richardson, and Shake Milton in yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. So then, who were the seventh and eighth guys off the off the bench? I I'm not I'm not talking to you. How would I know? I'm not watching. Well, that's see, that's what I'm watching. I'm watching to see if Alec Burks is playing. I'm watching to see if Glenn Robinson is playing, and I'm watching to make sure that Neto does not see that side of the court. That's all you care about. Yeah, there's no way I want to see Neto in the game. So now that I've seen your like fantasy addiction that you've got going on, I um, don't have one. Did Neto? You. You're like a dealer. Did you have Neto on like a previous team you took and it didn't work out? I have never played fantasy <laughs> basketball ever. I cannot believe that I'm doing fantasy baseball. Trying to figure out the the dislike that you have. Um, can we talk about the scare this week? Carter Hart made my heart stop. Uh, I saw no that he, pun intended. I, I saw that he left the ice during practice, and uh, and his teammates said, "Relax." Yeah, okay. <laughs> he felt disclose any injuries before the COVID <laughs> right now. So everybody's losing their mind because Hart's not at practice, and and yeah. Alan. It's like, I'm not that worried about it. So Don't we still have Brian Elliott? Yes, we do have the Moose. Okay. He has a new man. Well, then you're good. Uh, Flyers <laughs> uh, start August 2nd against Boston. Oscar Lindblom, Lindblom gets a three-year extension this week. That's not the thing that's the most surprising to me. They plan on having him be one of their 31 players on the roster when they head to Toronto on Sunday. I'm uh, really surprised by that. Not because you don't right. want him on there. And I think that from a morale standpoint, it's amazing. And, and from a personal standpoint, what he's overcome, it's amazing. The question is, in in the circumstances that we're dealing with, with they're worried about COVID all over the place, how is it that you put a guy who's just gone through cancer treatment, who clearly doesn't have as strong an immune system in that situation? 
obviously he's an adult. He can make that decision for himself. He wants to make it. It's his decision to make. But I'm surprised that he's going to be on there. He can't be as strong as he was at this point, considering everything he's gone through. Maybe, you know what? I take that back. How many people said that about James Conner? Yeah, how do we know? If you don't know the story of James Conner, James Conner was going to workouts after his chemo treatment. Look, when when he went out with the cancer diagnosis, he was one of their top players. If he can come back and contribute anything, first of all, I'm shocked that, you know, given the susceptibility of people, that they would put him in that that situation. Clearly, but, the, the, but that's the th- that's the thing we have to remember. We have to remember these guys are adults, and and the, if the league and the teams do the right thing, then it's up to Oscar as to whether or not he wants to take that chance. I guess. Well, it'll it'll be great to see him back on the ice if that happens. Jeff, uh, bring in the Kraken. We have a new hockey team in Seattle. Uh, your thoughts? Do you think they've already signed up Liam Neeson to come in and say that? They have to. Right? right? They have to. They've got to be all over that. I mean, it's better than the Washington football team, right? Okay, but before we got to the bad one, the logos are awesome. The, they are the initial logo with the eye in it is great. The one with the anchor with the with the space needle is great. The colors are great. If you saw one of the jerseys, the jersey's great. It, they did everything right. And apparently they almost did it wrong because one of the things I, I read, they, wrong. they wanted to call it the Seattle Metropolitans, but there's a Metropolitan Division. So it would have been the Metropolitan Metropolitans in the Metropolitan Division. They win their own division if they were put in that division, I guess. Who had that? I think I, they, they hit it out of the park. The question is, is is whether or not the Washington football team hit it out of the park. No. Um, actually, I don't mind their uniforms. I think their uniforms look nice. I It's clearly, I mean, look, you're the trademark attorney, so mm-hmm. you dealt more with trademarks and copyrights. Clearly, there's some kind of holdup that they can't get a hold of what they want. No, I, I, th- I think that it, what it is, I, I mean, look, we don't really know, but we can't, we can't give Dan Snyder the benefit of the doubt because he just keeps getting in his own way. It just seems like he's just being obstinate for the sake of being obstinate. I mean, this is, this is his team. This is a business. He understands marketing and he keeps making the wrong decisions. This is not a good week to be an owner of an NFL football team. Well, let's go into some of the other challenges for owners of NFL football teams. Jeff. Woody Johnson. He's having a rough week. Tell me about it. Uh, look, I think everybody's read enough of Woody Johnson. Do we really want to go into Woody Johnson? It's This is a situation where the buck always has to stop with the owner. And, and I'm sick and tired of people when the, the, they don't take responsibility. If if what is being alleged is true, then the NFL is going to have to step in. And anybody who's differentiating and going, well, even though he's the majority owner, he's not running the team. He shouldn't be an owner of a professional sports team shouldn't be running a business if, in fact, this is the way that he's been acting. Uh, the Jets and Giants did announce this week that they won't have fans in the stadium for games. Rutgers won't as well. Um, did they yeah. ever? Hey, <laughs> let's not go there, okay? So here's my issue with this all, okay? With basketball, Rutgers? The Rutgers basketball team finally became good. Everything shut down with the pandemic. Right. The Rutgers football team actually— It just saved you, it just saved you hard. Rutgers don't, football, don't, you're, you're actually better off this way because you can fantasize— that they were going to be good in the NCAA. The Rutgers football team gets some recruits. I get nothing. Yeah. I can't go to a game. I may not get to see it on TV. Wait, uh, why wouldn't you not get to see it on TV? I'm still not convinced there's going to be college football. Oh, okay. I am right. not. I, I was going to say, did they, 
Of I know all, that Rutgers doesn't get prime time, but <laughs> of all the sports that I they worry will not start or will not happen, college sports, I, I feel like they have a very hard time explaining how they are going to have these people play sports and do all these things when they're not in school on campus. You're going to come to campus for the sport. Otherwise, nobody else is there. Like, what's how does Wisconsin say that they lose a hundred million dollars by the football team not playing? Well, that's what math are they doing, and how are they running their school? Are they the canary in the coal mine, though? Is that the start of what we're going to see? That all of these schools are so leveraged on their athletic programs and sports that an interruption in the schedule, an interruption in the revenue streams all of a sudden creates this ripple effect that we've started to see it with other sports being cut at different schools. Um, I just, I feel I like this is not the last that we're going to see of huge deficits and hearing about a lot of lost revenues. And a lot of the problem is these are state funded universities. So you can't go back to the taxpayers when you don't have kids in school and you're not and you're making them pay for tuition. Okay, but people also need to understand these state funded universities have massive endowments. Well, that's like their cash strap. Wisconsin's going to probably do that. They're going to tap into their reserves, which they have. But I don't think a lot. I don't I don't think they should be tapping into their endowments. I think the endowments should be. I mean, this is a bigger, broader discussion than this. Not the school endowment. Okay, fine. So if they have a reserve, that's it's rainy day fund. Here you go. Use it. But I don't understand how you get a hundred million dollars from that. We'll go back to baseball talk. But I want to go back to some baseball talk again, because uh, taxi squad. Got some of our favorite guys on the line, Mike Ventola, Pat McCarthy. How you guys doing, man? You doing well. How are you guys? There you are. We got you both on the line. It's opening day. Couldn't we all be great? <laughs> That's exactly right. How ex- how ex- I know this is very strange, especially for you guys, but you know, as guys who make a living in baseball, what's it like okay. for open- it's strange, you know. I, it's similar for a lot of guys. Uh, you know, for us, you know, in our entire adult lives and going into our childhood, all we knew during the summer was baseball. So it's a lot of extra time on our hands, that's for sure. Um, More than enough strange, extra you know? time, especially when I'm in uh, c- continuing conversation with you, my friend. That's all I'm going to say. So. Oh, hey, hey, watch yourself. Wow, we figured it would take a couple Miss- minutes before that. You miss me and you know it. <laughs> I miss you very much, buddy. This is, I don't know what, I, not, not sitting next to you all summer long has really been uh, causing me some early stages of depression. Just FYI, got to put that out there. See, so. it actually sounds like you guys need to socially distance. <laughs> it's, it let's, is. Just, let's, just, let's just say Pat and I having a socially distant has probably been as hard as anything that's gone on. Let's just say, because we're always like, together when we are together so so how's it it going to work with you guys you so for everybody that doesn't know lehigh valley is hosting the phillies taxi squad so tell us how the taxi squad and how allentown is going to be handling the taxi squad all right so what we're pretty much doing uh for folks who are um trying to figure out exactly what is going on here is uh, pretty much Lehigh Valley, as you said, is the alternate site for the Phillies players. So for what we're doing from an Iron Pig standpoint is um, what we're trying to – we essentially did was um, 
we had our television partner, Service Electric. They're willing to come in and they're televising uh, the scrimmages. So pretty much folks who live in the valley, essentially, um, will be able to watch uh, these scrimmages daily starting tomorrow, Sunday, and for the days moving forward. So, um, and for those of you who essentially, and I know for you guys been down to spring training and Pat can attest to this as well, um, there, it's going to be like spring training style. could be three innings one day, five innings one day. Guy goes two innings, throws four innings. You know, guy may bat twice in an inning. That's what's going to kind of be the uh, cool things for folks who are going to able to check the, you know, check and watch these games. So uh, for us, though, as a staff, we kind of just sit back and watch it all happen. We can't, really, we can't at all um, interact with the players and coaches just because of COVID-19 and everything else that's going on. So, but uh, – um, Service Electric that televises all Iron Pigs home games. Um, they will be, uh, like I said, they'll be televising, and Pat and I will be uh, making our ways onto the telecast from time to time, which will be pretty cool. So when you get on the telecast, you've got some of the names that people are looking to see up with the big squad that at the very least are going to start down with you guys, Spencer Howard, Alec Bohm, some other guys. Who are you looking forward to see that, that's sort of going to be there with you? Pat, I'll let you answer that one first, buddy. Yeah, uh, for me, I haven't seen Spencer Howard yet live. I saw Alec Bohm a little bit when I was down in spring training this year. So, you know, obviously those are the two guys that are most exciting and the guys that everybody wants to see. So I'm excited to see Spencer Howard. I'm excited to see the continued development of Alec Bohm. And I'm interested to see what where they place him, where he's going to play down at these taxi squad games because we've seen him work at first base. We've seen him work at third base. So, yeah, you know, I'm excited for that, and yeah, I think you know there's there's opportunities there for a lot of guys. I'm excited to see the tra- you know some of the adjustments that Damon Jones has made because I love his stuff. Connor Brogdon is another name that I've loved watching, and from everything I've seen so far this year, he's been dominant. So you know, there's different guys that I'm just excited to see their continued development as they get ready to take the next step. So those are some of the guys that I'm most excited to see. Uh, guys, not much different from what Pat said. You know, um, I guess you know I've, I've, I'm excited to really see uh, Spencer Howard. You know, if I had to pick one guy, just because of I know you know he impressed the Phillies uh, during his time up with the big club, and you know, and I would expect him to join Philadelphia at some point. Um, but to piggyback something else that um, Pat talked about is, and I did get a chance to see Bohm, uh down in spring training, and I did actually some television games for Reading. Uh, this past season, so um, I kind of chance really have gotten to see him a little bit. But the continued development of Connor Brogdon, uh, Pat hit the nail on a, uh, on a lot of what you know Connor Brogdon's all about. I mean, he is just really uh, kind of taken the system over by storm. Uh, not only in his ability to, you know, his, he has so much life on his fastball, but he's got to me a, a, a not that I'm from Boston, but a wicked changeup, and I'm really excited to see him kind of develop into what he could potentially be as a, maybe a back-end, late-inning late in, late type option for the Phillies in the future. So, you know, there are going to be some guys that um, Philly fans are going to kind of get to know um, whether they, you know, get, you know, reports. You know, we're going to be trying to do our best to report what we can from the field throughout the season, but also, too, if and when they make their way up to Philadelphia, what these guys are capable of doing. You guys get to watch – you you have the pleasure of watching these guys grow, both as people and as athletes. 
What's it like when you see somebody like we? I know he made he made it up last year, but for his first opening day, I believe. What's it like to to see somebody like Cole Irvin make an open day opening day roster? I I got to be honest with you. For me, it is um, it's almost as if uh, that it's it, to me that is one of the probably the most enjoyable thing I get to enjoy being uh, you know having the opportunity to work with these guys is watching these guys get the call to go up and then make their big league de- debuts. Um, you know, Pat and I have been very fortunate to be in clubhouses, to be, whether it be at home or on the road, when we get, you know, we get to witness, you know, guys shaking hands with their teammates, you know, get, receiving the news from their coaches and going up. And um, it's probably, for me, the most satisfying thing of being, you know, you know, working with these guys in the minors, you know, especially for me, I've, you know, I saw Reese, you know, guys like Reese Hoskins and Aaron Nola come up to the minors and seeing what now they've been able to do at the major league level. Um, it's just really cool to see. Even saw- even with the mustache? Um, <laughs> well, you know, look, hey, look, Reese, you know, look, Reese, he's got that, you know, California mindset at times, which is great. You know, he's easygoing, cool, laid back, one of the nicest human beings around. And, you know, look, he's going to try things out, you know, and he's, you know, from what I've seen, you know, he's trying the mustache and look, if, he ends up kicking butt with the mustache. I hope he keeps going with it. So, uh, you know, baseball players sometimes be a little superstitious. So maybe Reese is just trying to try something new. Uh, you tell me. I think Ventola is just jealous he can't grow a stash like that. That's really all that that's. Oh, you wouldn't even if he tried. Do, do we really have to talk about this? <laughs> uh, I, I get this even... enough from Pat throughout the season. Yeah, well, uh, I'm glad <laughs> to be there for you. I'm glad that I can help out. Uh, you know, t- guys like Adam Hazley, who we had the chance to talk to last year at Reading before he was called up, Fans who only saw him at the big league level a little bit last year, what do you think that they can expect to see from him as a player on the big team? Yeah, I think when it comes to Adam Hazley, I think you're just going to see a guy that's going to flat out hit anywhere you place him at any time. The way he makes contact is is incredibly impressive. He's he's just such an old-school bat-to-ball type of guy. Um and he can go get it in center field too. And you know, I think Mike, Mike can agree with this when I say fans are just going to love the guy. Uh, you know, you mentioned guys, you know, that you get excited for to make their first opening day. You mentioned Cole already, but Hayes is another guy. I mean, he's he's just awesome, and he he's cut from a different he's cut from a different cloth. So I I think Phillies fans are just they're just going to love the guy more than anything because. He's going to play the game hard. He's not going to say much. He's really soft-spoken, but he's going to lead that team on the field in different ways. And he, he's a type of guy that as a fan base, you're just going to root for because he's never going to say the wrong thing. He's just going to go out and he's going to hit and he's going to play his butt off every single night. So yeah, I think fans just – should just accept a guy that's going to flat out play baseball the right way. And I think that's, that's the number one thing you can ask from a guy. Guys, I don't know if you know, we had Greg Luzinski on earlier. I could not get my bulls barbecue. How am I supposed to get my bacon? How, where, where am I supposed to get all my bacon related products? If I can't go to Coca-Cola park, if you guys can't tell the theme of the show today is food and Jeff has invited guests to find out where he can feed himself. So earlier it was a turkey <laughs> sandwich from Bulls Barbecue. Now he's on a search for bacon. Can you help? 
Well, Jeff, <laughs> Mike? If you can make me a, Jeff, if you can make me an offer I can't refuse, I'll see what I can do about working something out for you. You know, green is a beautiful thing. And, you know, whether it be George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, Ulysses S. Grant, Benjamin Franklin, Thomas Is it President's Day? Yeah, I mean, you could just send a few of those green things with those certain presidents and, you know, political figures um, on my way. Maybe we'll work something out to see if you can get some bacon. I'll get you some Ferris and Fifi bucks. How's that? There we go. I'll take some of that as well, too. That works. (laughs) Before we let you guys go, um, I'm not sure if you saw Dr. Fauci's first pitch last night. Um, (laughs) It was somewhere around first pitch of uh, board up at the station, Ryan Lennox, who spiked the ball. Um, could I get your comparison to what Lennox did when he came out to visit you and what Dr. Fauci did last night? Well, Pat, were you there for that first pitch? I'm trying to remember. Uh, that was 2018, wasn't it? So, if so I, was on, yeah, I wasn't there that season. Yeah, you were in Lehigh Valley. That's right. So I guess I'll take this one, guys. You know what's funny? I was texting Jeff a little bit about this earlier. And to give – got to give credit where credit's due. Ryan Lennox had a better first pitch than Dr. Fauci, and it, to me it wasn't even close. Um, I hate to admit that because I know now that I agreed something with Ryan, you know, Ryan's ego is going to get a little bit bigger. But that's wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Just so we're clear, you say it's better than Dr. Fauci's. Who Fauci cl- threw it close to the dugout. But what, explain for us exactly where Ryan Lennox's pitch actually ended up. Closer to the pitcher's mound than he did home plate. <laughs> you know what, Big C, to me, I'm all about trajectory. At least Ryan's was at least to be trajectory towards home plate. Fauci was just towards the dugout. And me, the follow-through, if you w- saw Fauci, he followed the baseball the entire time. At least Ryan looked towards home plate. Yeah, it just it, it didn't work out for us, guys. Uh, we always appreciate the time. Uh, look forward to the updates on the Taxi Squad. Look forward to hearing your voices calling the games. Stay healthy and uh, excited to have baseball back. Thanks for the time. You got it, boys. Thanks for having me. Thanks, guys. You too. Jeff, uh, I have news that occurred during our interview. I know exactly. Go ahead. Ben Simmons hit a three-pointer. You want me to get excited about this? Get excited, Jeff. No, all that, all that does is encourage him. <laughs> Actually, I, have I want him inside. I don't I want him outside. Talking about our um, college football and whether there is. Yeah. Uh, according to Sports Alert, Michigan State's entire football team is in quarantine. All of them. They're requiring their full squad to self-isolate for 14 days after a player and staff member tested positive for coronavirus. One. And they're, they're quarantined all 100-plus players and yeah, staff, thanks, everyone? Thanks to my brother for making me sound smart there. Appreciate that alert. Uh, but that's the concern is, you know. Hey, Mel Tucker, you might have wanted to stay in Colorado. Yeah, these are not professionals out there. These mm-hmm. are kids. And so, you know, that's what we're coming to. I would be remiss. We got four minutes left. Uh, we got to talk a little union, Jeff. Tie one one against Orlando City. Yeah, there, you're nervous about Saturday, huh? There should have been a handball review, first of all. I don't understand okay. what is going on with VAR in this tournament. Look, if you're going to have it's it, the same you, thing that's been going on for years. You complain about it all along. Uh, they will play at 10:30 Saturday night against the New England. Prime time. I look. The Revolution have been playing better soccer since Bruce Arena is their coach. Right. Uh, and and so, you know, we'll see what what players on the field. Martinez will obviously back be back off of his suspension this time. I'm feeling good about it. I I think that they're going to advance. 
Okay. I think that the goalie has been very good. Blake's been great as far as I'm concerned. I think that the younger players are stepping up. I just think this is an all-around team, and I think this is the kind of tournament that the union can surprise some people and win this thing. Um, <clears throat> the Sixers are playing now. The Eagles are potentially going to be reporting to camp. The Flyers start soon. Did we all make it through this no sports period, at least until we have a next no sports period? I mean, it's been a while now. Well, ESPN needs to work on some more documentaries just in case, right? <laughs> well, yeah, we need guests. So right. we have, to have more documentaries. <laughs> Got to have more to talk about, man. Uh-huh. Uh, but no, it's, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm going on and I'm, I'm going on the ESPN site or, or other sites and I'm seeing the sports scoreboard at the top. And, the game, and it's not KBO. And it just gets you excited that it's like there's actually things on the schedule. It's and not golf. Like schedule. Well, and, you and think golf. about golf because you're like on a little hot streak there picking. No, the- I like golf. I like golf. I, I think golf is go- is fun to go watch. I'm surprised uh, by Tiger's collapse last week and, and getting out. No, because the- he hasn't been playing that much. Okay. I mean, he may be practicing, but it's not the same thing as playing in tournaments. So you can't just keep showing, picking and choosing your tournaments. You've got to play consistently. That's what golf is about. It's about repetition, and, it's, and the repetition includes the competition. He's going to be skipping the tournament this week. I know you'll be watching, Jeff. Uh, before we let you go, Tony how would your fantasy baseball team turn out? 45 seconds. Go ahead. Oh, give it's me- dreadful. Come on. It's dreadful. I, I, have, I have a couple. I'm a homer a little bit, and then I have Bryce Harper and Zach Wheeler. But my team, you, I sent you my team. It's no, horrible. I you talk about it. I also, well, so that you just want to rub it in that it's bad. Well, like you're, you're when building, I asked you what your team was, you're like, I, I don't know. The other guy picked you're, it. You're building for the long term, Jeff. This is this is a turnaround. I do have Spencer Howard and Sixto Sanchez. Process. You're doing a rebuild right now. Call Sam Hankey. You'll work it out. He'll give you all the best advice. Uh-huh. What sport are you most? I, I can't even ask this. What sport are you most excited to see? The Phillies are coming on. The Sixers are playing. Is, is you're going to be shocked by this, but I'm going to say the NBA. I, that's so. That's the funny thing. That's <laughs> what I thought you'd say. Really? I thought you'd say I thought you'd think I'd say baseball. I figured you'd be a baseball guy, but I thought you missed basketball. I a lot. just think it's, I just think this bubble thing is going to work out really well of, the, of all so the sports. Thanks for joining us this week. Make sure to join us next Friday night to help you start your weekend in style. Have a great one. We'll talk to you next week. Bye bye.